You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am excited to talk to you about a new tool that is out there. And in full disclosure, they are sponsors of the program, but you're going to hear why I am excited to partner with them and tell you about this new product, uh, tell you about this new website, uh, and our, our conversation before. They're, they're great people, and I'm, I'm excited to tell you about Thought World, which is a new website that helps... It's It's like a social network but it's not in the traditional mold of social networks that you've seen before it's thoughtworld.com make sure you don't really even have to sign up but it's great to sign up and participate and you get to vote on all kinds of different topics it's not just politics it's not just people piling on you can uh, connect and vote on a lot of different things it's curated and it's kind of a smart way to learn about what other people think about information in a way that's not going to tick you off, that's not designed to inflame you like Facebook is. So uh, make sure you go check out Thought World as we're talking about this conversation today. Joining me is Robert Ming, the CEO. He's a former mayor of an Orange County town and a, no- uh, a lawyer who started his own successful firm, and Lessie Russell, who is the company's chief customer officer and a proud military spouse. And she is connecting Thought World with military and military families to give them a voice, and we'll explain why. So, Robert, Lessie, thank you both for joining me here on The Chris Spangle Show today. Love it. Thank you so much for having us. So excited to be here. Yeah, so, so, Robert, tell us about Thought World. What is the thinking behind it? Why did you start it? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, I love I love the the show and the focus that you've got in the show on making people think and not making them angry. Thank you, because that's exactly what was the generation the genesis for this whole thing. Um, so you, you mentioned I was uh, mayor of my town in Laguna Niguel, and uh, and it was actually during this last election cycle when uh, everything was starting to get heated up end of last year when I realized that friends that I used to have that used to talk and give themselves a hard time, you know, they jab each other, the, the Republican, the Libertarian, the Democrat, they'd all like, you know, poke at each other. Just, it was all in good fun. Um, and then that last election cycle, everybody got hostile. Mm-hmm. And I watched friendships dissolving before my eyes. People who used to talk no longer wanted to communicate and they didn't understand the other side. They didn't want to understand the other side. Um, it had gotten to a point where there were more and more people climbing up on the 50 yard line and ready to fight, but they, they didn't understand what they were fighting about. And, and I, as a local elected official who likes to bring people together and find answers, that was really disturbing to me. 
Yeah, I so, mean, I, I, I totally with you. I mean, I had as a 20-year broadcaster, radio guy, worked in politics. Last year, there was just a market shift in the way that I had to do business in that I saw with Facebook, for instance, our 100,000-person Facebook page, if you post an article to something that you spent time crafting that educated people, it'd get 500 views. But if you posted something that you knew was a hot take that was going to inflame your audience intentionally, you'd get a million. I mean, the, right. the entire incentive structure of social media, especially Facebook, is designed to tick people off to to you know to get them angry and i had to kind of make that change too where i went all right how am i contributing to this culture and having a background on local politics i think has been important in the tone difference for my show versus a lot of other podcasts political podcasts can you talk about what it is about local politics that kind of moderates a person and yeah. makes you think more about how you interact with the other side. Yeah, well, uh, the simplest thing is that these people are going to be around. Like, you see somebody in front of you, and you know that person, or they're going to run into you at the grocery store, and you've got some accountability for what you say. And and it seems like now, online, you don't have a lot of accountability. Um, but that actually is a different approach than what we used on ThoughtWorld to try to solve the same problem. So what we were realizing was, if you separated the thought from the speaker, then you removed a lot of the preconceived notions that people had about whether that idea was a good idea or a bad idea. You know, you walk into a room and it's a Biden idea or it's a Trump idea, and you either immediately hate it or you immediately love it, or you hate them both. So, you know, it, uh, but knowing that speaker changes the way you approach the idea. And so we wanted to separate them. But then as soon as you separate ideas from people, then you run into the problem where people can get really caustic and they don't even, there's no accountability. It's the opposite of the local uh, local thing where you have accountability. And so, so what we instilled instead was this curator network of people who are designed not to censor you, but to make sure that you're clear. We want separate, clear, distinct thoughts. So if you have an idea that other people might like, we want you to be able to say that idea in the most compelling, clear way. And that's why we give these curators access to the thoughts. And so the curator comes alongside you and helps you sharpen your idea. So it, and rather than a filter, they're going to come back to you and say, we think this is what you're trying to say. We'll clean up your grammar. We'll clean up your spelling. Um, is this what you want? And then the author still has the ability to say, yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. And then they publish it. But having that step of curation cleans up the platform, helps it be something that's not anger, but but thinking. Now, I just heard big tech censorship. Robert Ming's over here telling me how to think. I mean, can, yeah. you, can you talk about the difference between what a Facebook does in censoring a platform like mine versus your curator system and, and the intent behind it? I mean, are you trying to censor ideas or you, what's the goal there? Yeah, it's exactly right. It's the opposite of the sensor. It's the it's actually 100% opposite because rather than try to keep ideas out there, we want every idea out there. We want the good ones, we want the bad ones because the way the platform works, the popular ideas rise in altitude and the unpopular ideas go down in altitude and you actually all the users can actually see what's happening as they vote. And it would be no fun if it was only all things that were mountains. That's not <laughs> what we want. And and actually right now one of the biggest thoughts, the most engaged thoughts in the world is a down thought. Um, and it was a thought that says that um, people who refuse the vaccine are harming society. And and uh, I don't remember exactly the phrasing of it, but it's something about that. And people said, no, 
like the, the overwhelming response of people is like, no, people who are rejecting the vaccine are not harming society. They're making a personal choice. And that concept, seeing that come out there, I need all of those thoughts to get out there. So I don't want to censor them. I want them out there. We just want to make them clear. Yeah, I'm looking at the top thoughts on the website right now. If my boss makes me go back to the office, there better not be any unvaccinated people there. Uh, it's up 28 and down 328. You know, exactly. Uh, right. Like, yeah. and so you, you, you talked about kind of that. I heard uh, Tim Ferriss talk about the reputational civil war that we're under, and that yeah. well, you can't possibly get your information from that person because they're this way. So, ha- have you found that kind of removing the reputation of the messenger has helped engagement? Does it? Are you able to get engagement? Because so much is personality-based. We want attention merchants in, a, yeah. in our culture. So how do you deal with that? Well, and that's the thing that we're changing, is that we're trying to make this about thinking, like you said before, the make people think. And what people end up doing is they diverge. They diverge from their parties. They diverge from their friends. You find that you have your own opinions about things, and it doesn't have to follow the, the preconceived notions that somebody else says you're supposed to think. And so people end up being much more multifaceted, but then seeing all of these different nuances lets you really kind of understand because every thought has a thought and a why. So it's just a statement at the top, but then below it, it's the reasoning. And the reasoning is what really lets you go, oh, well, that's why people think that. And I've had so many people say they've had these little aha moments where they go, I never really understood why that person thought that way. And now I do. I still don't agree with them. But it went from a negative five disagree to a negative one disagree because they're like, oh, well, okay, so there's some reason for that. And letting you actually explore that in a place where you're not going to get criticized and you can vote for what you want and people won't see what you vote is very freeing. And I, I've heard a lot of people say they're having those, those revelation things where they can, they can understand something differently than they did before. And that's what I love. Yeah. I mean, if I were to if I were to say to a person who's not been there to compare it to other products, I hope I don't offend you. You know, there's yeah, there, there's a bit of Reddit to it combined with Twitter and Facebook with the posting, you know, where I mean, when you when you try to think through this idea of how do I get a thought without it being attached to a person with it being guided, like how did you what was the process to sort that out to get to this point where you have something that works? Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the problem. It was challenging. Um, we we had to create. Uh, we call it the geolocation algorithm, which is something that takes thoughts that are related to other thoughts and clusters them together, so that you can go and see a group of thoughts and understand them. And right now, we're uh, we're in our generation two artwork. Generation three is just about to come out. So any day now, you'll see the entire site change visually on the top side. Um, and there's little villages around thoughts where there's clusters of thoughts and there's mountains that will make much more sense. Uh, everything, everything was about to change and, and it will change in a way, hopefully that opens people's eyes. I want them to be in a gaming world. That's fun to hang out in and check things out in, but I also want them to learn from what they see visually. It should be a, a way that expands your mind. And that that's been challenging building that environment and building the way to reflect you know, ideas, there's so many ideas on every subject. Like, how do you put that in a gaming world? And it's not, you know, we're not doing meta, you know, we're not doing like a storefront. That's not the game. Um, the, the idea is to help you understand 
the world better. Yeah. So, what are some of the different features? I mean, I mentioned kind of the. I I'm a I'm a policy person. I like kind of seeing where people lie on some of that stuff. But I mean, is that the main feature? What else is in the site that you really think people will gravitate towards? Sure. So one of the things that runs in the background is uh, this concept of trusted people. So even though the people are all anonymous, you're going to tend to like thoughts that come out of certain people. And so the trusted people process lets you, by voting, tell the system the kind of things that you like. And then you will start seeing more thoughts from the people that you trust. What's interesting is that's not monolithic. You think that might mean like, oh, well, I'm going to see only this one pathway, but it's not that way because people aren't that way. People have lots of different opinions. And so those trusted people will help you expand your horizons into complete categories. We call them islands. So every different island. So there's a politics island, there's a health island, there's a sports island. And and so people who like things in politics, they probably like something in sports, so they might like something in food. And so you're going to see, you know, as you're going along, you'll see a burrito recipe or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's that's interesting. Because what are the people who you trust that you don't even know that you trust likes that recipe? That's really interesting. So you've you kind of um and I don't know if you've heard of the world's smallest political quiz or the advocates for self-government, which is a libertarian marketing organization. Um, have you heard of them? I think they're they're based in Orange County, actually. Yeah, I have, definitely. I have a friend who's part of them, or at least uh, an advocate. He ran for assembly here as a libertarian candidate. Okay, all right. So yeah. the I was their marketing director in 2013, and oh, w- one of the beautiful things about the the quiz is that it has 10 questions, 10, five economic, five kind of social, you know, personal freedom issues. And it just asks you the question and then plots you on a chart whether you're libertarian, authoritarian, right, left. And when you do this in an outreach booth, you find so many people are across that like you take out that that like messenger and you find, oh wow, I thought I was a Democrat, but I'm a libertarian or yeah. I'm a Republican and I'm actually a centrist authoritarian. Um yes. <laughs> so I think that's one of the cool things. It kind of has some of that same flavor of like Let's focus on the ideas, and you may discover something completely different than you thought about yourself. That's right. One of the features that's coming that's not here yet is called a Know Thyself dashboard. Hmm. Uh, and it really is going to be that. It's going to say, it looks like your list, you line up more with this, and, and uh, you kind of like shrimp, but you don't like it in recipes. And you know, and it seems like you like the, the Minnesota Vikings, but only on the, you know, when they play whoever. Yeah. You know, and it, it'll... And it'll tell you things about yourself that that it gleans from your own voting. And I just can't wait to see that kind of stuff. Come yeah, out because so it'll be it'll interesting. It, it's yeah, not limited to politics. It's a broad spectrum of subjects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically anything that you can think of. Uh, well, the, the exceptions are no calls to violence and no pornography or pro- profanity. That's the things that we limit on the site. Um, and other than that, every idea is going to find a home in Thought World. There. There's enough new social networks for those things to be covered there. Um, and that's, <laughs> I guess, kind of leads me to my next question. Like, oh, okay. When I first got approached with this, I'm like, all right, another new social network. I know how this is going to go. I'm going to sign up for it. It's going to devolve into just like me and a bunch of alt-right bros where my I just don't fit in on Gab. I just don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, so... Why yeah. a social network? Why is it important to be connected online? I mean, you know, why don't you kids with your social networks, Robert, go outside and play with your friends? Like, and, and why, why focus on building something like a social network online? 
Why did you want to focus on that particular strategy? Yeah. Well, first of all, go out and play with your friends outside. <laughs> it's a really good idea. I tell my kids all the time. It's important to do. But um, but I needed a place for people to be able to be free to share what they thought, even in environments when they might be criticized for it. And right now, you can lose your job, you can lose your friends, you can uh, alienate family members if you take a political position on something or you say something about something. Um, there are super high costs in the in the political world out there for for saying something on social media, and and that makes people afraid to have discussions. And those discussions are where you find out what you really think or believe. It lets you test what you believe. It lets you explain, explore and expand your, your mind. And that, I think, needs to be present in society. And if we have eliminated the other ways that we do it, yeah, I would love it if you would like go down and talk to your neighbor next door and talk to him about politics and health and everything. That would be super. But I don't see people doing that. And so I need to give them a way to do that that can interface with their lives in an easy way, but yet still expand their mind and let them have that conversation that, that helps them grow. Yeah, I tend to think that's like an extreme position. You know, we're not all moving to a cabin in the woods. Like, uh, technology is here to stay. It's going to be part of our lives. And technology will continue to be a part of politics. Uh, so, Leslie, uh, Leslie Russell, again, the chief customer officer. So, Social media has been really influential. When I was ex executive director of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, we used social media uh, uh, as a way to kind of gauge what our new programs would be, what we wanted to do next. These signals really do help not just, you know, aspirational political parties, but also policymakers. So how, how can Thought World help policymakers in a different way? Um, as opposed to opening up their, and I'm guilty of this, don't go look at Joe Biden's post because I'm there, uh, you know, with the, the caustic, sarcastic remarks and jokes and memes and everything, um, how can this be more useful to policymakers than the comment section on Facebook? Yeah, you know, what's interesting about this is the research that I've done and the experiences I've had with having to make a lot of change in business transformations um, across national and global programs for uh, that serve customers and, and people um, is what we found is uh, people have survey fatigue. And so you're going to get a low response rate uh, when you ask people what they think. And, it, and, and then, then they're only going to tell you what you asked and they're not going to tell you the why. The other thing that we know is that people, organizations, brands, governments are making limited speculation decisions on limited data. So what we really value and, and think that is a disruption to that is Thought World is going to ask everyone what they think and everyone gets to vote on it. Uh, we find that a lot of people say they've never been asked to take a poll. Uh, we find that a lot of people say, how many times have you been sitting in front of your television? And the media says... 70% of Americans feel this way, but then you talk to everyone you know in your community and nobody feels that way. And so we want to give everyone a, a neutral platform uh, to safely hear and be heard um, and to submit their ideas and to drive change backed by data, uh, backed by real data so they can go to their senators, they can go to their Congress folks, their congressmen, their congresswomen, 
and say, here's how we feel, here's the change we need, and here's the why. Um, and we can do that um, at, at state level. We can do that um, geographically. Uh, so we can give some really targeted, pointed understanding, not just about what change they want seen, but the why behind it. And I think it just brings a whole new color of a conversation that has never been had uh, in a trusted way. This is not to create um, anything but creating a space where it's backed by data that can create real change for people that, that want to drive change in, in, in a way that they believe in. Um, and so, yeah, that's what, that's what the, we think is just so valuable about this is that it's anonymous neutral space that is going to aggregate the data versus a Facebook uh, that you have to scroll and figure out the perception. Mm-hmm. And then after you quit scrolling for a while and a couple of days have passed, it's forgotten about and voices are lost and people are not being heard. So, and feel free to to jump in here, Robert, too, on any of the stuff. I saw you shaking your head. Um, you know, you got to make sure, Leslie, to to tell the lawyers it's okay. You can object, or, or you know, <laughs> I'm not objecting. I'm agreeing. Not, yeah, um, <laughs> sustaining. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, who is using the information, and and how can you package that to take it to decision makers? Are is Thought World a secret front for a big data organization that's going to lobby? You know, we're going to send this off to the NRA, or is this yeah. users have the power to kind of do that stuff? Robert, this is, this is one of the yeah. This is one of the fun things about it is that as you're out there voting, and this is so it's funny. When I asked my wife, like, what did she like about this? She's like. I want to know what everybody else thinks. That's why I want to click on this. And when you click on it, you instantly get to see what everybody else thinks. And so it gives the power to everyone instead of just the person asking the question, like any user who goes on there can see any thought and where that thought is. Now, you know, our, the part of us that is big data is yes, we do have analytical dashboards and tools that can help people understand things and look or look at big trends and thoughts and patterns. Those are tools that we sell to people. And if you want to buy those, you can buy those. That's great. But um, but the point is that every person has the ability to say, look at that thought. And so you can go talk to your congressman about that thought and you can just screenshot it and you know it. And that's what people think about it. And so it it's always been this mystery, like, why are the polls doing the way they're doing? How can there be such difference in all these polls? Why, why are the polls off every election by way more than the margins of error? Why does that happen? You know, and it happens because you pick the people who you want to ask the questions to and you ask them specific questions. And lo and behold, you get the answers that you know you were going to get. They're choosing sample sets. That thousand people they survey is based on who they think is going to vote in the next election. So they're manipulating the results of the polls by who they choose to ask the questions to. And so I would much rather have it be this way where everybody gets asked the question, everybody gets to see the answer, and everybody can go to their congressperson and, or whoever and, and help them. And I think one of the ways that we've seen this really helpful is this, um, is this military island we just started. I don't know, Leslie. Yeah, let's, let's island. talk about that. I mean, let's do a case study here, Leslie. How, how are you using this information? Let's, let's first back up. Um, so you know, the way that this interview was pitched to me was an idea that I loved that I think is interesting and may spark some debate. We have a lot of uh, veterans and active duty military that listen. Um, We need to give voice to active duty military to talk about what's happening to them. I know that may be controversial because of unity is important and cohesiveness in the military. But uh, can you talk about 
why you are passionate about making sure that soldiers who are active duty military have a voice and have a an anonymous place to kind of share what's going on in their experience. Sure, sure. Um, so I had a wonderful, I had the honor to be on a specific project in military housing. And I got to know a lot of the people around that were serving the military folks, uh, the, the military community. Um, and, and, and what we found was that this is a large group. This is a large community with a lot of needs. Um, it is a group that loses a spouse for um, months on end. Um, there are specific situations that is just very unique to this group. And this is a very strong group. And they have a lot of opinions but they've never had a place to share those opinions anonymously. Um, and as an active military spouse myself, with a, my husband is an active soldier, um, really Thought World is a utility that's going to bring the military spouses, the soldiers, and the veterans together to reshape the conversation backed by real-time data. The goal is to meet people where they're at. A survey is not going to do that. We all know across the board, survey fatigue is real. This specific group is bombarded with surveys constantly from different organizations, um, trying to, which is of, of huge value to us, is to find out, you know, you do want people to understand what your customer needs are and how you can serve a certain community. Um, that's very important. But because there's so much of that happening and there's nobody that stepped up to the plate to say there's a new solution to disrupt this, let's meet where people are. And let's ask them and, and provide them a fun and safe and trusted place that isn't corrupt, that isn't asking them to step out of a comfort zone um, and, and be uncomfortable with the environment like a Facebook does. Um, but it gives them that safe, trusted place to be asked about what you think. And it's not just about what needs improvement. It's about what's working. Because what we know is that there is limited spending most of the time. And so you don't want to run and ask somebody or ask a senator or ask an organization to um, spend resources that are not needed on something that's working if you have data that shows it's working. So what are the areas that we can continue to improve on? And we believe that this data is, is going to provide that clarity um, to, to create real change in a quicker, quicker manner. What I also know as a customer experience practitioner uh, is that surveys are about once a year, maybe twice a year. This is going to provide that real-time data to decision makers that, that do need to see by week, by day, if something happens, uh, that they can see how things are trending and then even see how things trended six months ago. Are we creating real change with what we've decided to do with an execution plan for this particular group? So it really serves as a utility tool for both sides, the people that are the military community that says, hey, we have opinions. We have opinions about uh, veteran homelessness, uh, that it's still a problem. We have opinions about um, the military community in general uh, or Afghanistan. It's a place to submit a thought, reshare it in your network and garner feedback by voting agree or disagree. And then you can take that you can literally take the screenshot and send that to your congressperson and say, hey, we have all these people that agree with this. And then, of course, there's the back end that if, if there is a, a need to look more into the data, then we can provide that to people for change makers as well. Um, so the military community is um, a very passionate, a very strong, uh, full of grit group that are strong enough to drive change and they love our country and they need a place to anonymous, anonymously feel trusted 
and have a safe place to share their ideas. So how do you connect that? Are, are you actively courting? Are you, are you going to military bases and dropping leaflets? Like how, how, how are you connecting? Uh, how, how are you recruiting folks to come on and share their opinions? And then how are you using that information then to take it to, you know, I don't know what level of yeah. military, like how does that process work? How are you affecting change in this particular space, Leslie? Well, I love that question, Chris, because it really goes to the grassroots of everything about being a customer experience practitioner is talking to people. Relationship is the center of everything. And so I am very old fashioned and traditional with um, talking to military spouses. We will reach out. We will pull people in. We'll have roundtable sessions um, every week. I've been on the phone with military spouses, uh, ask them what their biggest challenges are. And I, I really just want to find out who they are first and what they need and then bring in the solution, bring in and the a platform. Um, we talk about social media. We talk about that there's a lot of isolation on these military installations because they do move often. It is hard to find friends because a lot of them have said, I've shut down social media just because of the corrupt nature um, we want to offer them a platform online that they can still share their ideas um, and create change without having to go into that environment that is uh, traditionally corrupt. Um, another thing about this is, you know, a little over 200 years ago, how you shared ideas was by horseback and somebody sent it on a, on a letter to the next town. Um, and, and social media is really only a little over 20 years old. Um, we're still very new in this. And so we feel like we need a change and we all deserve it. Um, and we want good. We want pure. We want wholesome. We want trust. Uh, and we want to be the people that provide that uh, for these folks and especially for the military community. So when we reach out and talk to active soldiers, I've talked to veterans so, Chris, to answer your question, I go out and I talk to people and I create awareness and I build a relationship with them. I find out what they think is working, what they don't. And then I let them know, well, when was the last time that you were able to submit your thought anonymously? And then, you know, the conversation goes, well, hey, there's this really great place that you can go and do that. So, Robert, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, uh, on the way that we make this impactful, uh, we've actually already had some discussions with some cabinet level people from the prior administration. I think we can do so with the current one as well. Um, they value understanding what people are saying at scale. Uh, it doesn't, you know, there's lots of anecdotes and you can hear anecdotal stories about, you know, well, so-and-so had this experience or so-and-so had this experience, but well, it changes when you see 10,000 people all saying, yeah, you know what? I agree with that, that you've, then that actually becomes something that people have to pay attention to. And so by letting people glob onto a thought and, and raise that thought's altitude, you actually become influential for the policymakers who need to make change and they need to have leverage to be able to make the change. So if you're asking somebody, you know, is on-base housing good or is, uh, is the, you know, whatever you can, is the, is the local VA providing good service? You know, there's all kinds of questions that, that if you see a trend line, then you actually now have some leverage to be able to walk into somebody's office and say, this needs to change. And then they can take that same leverage and go walk to somebody else's office and say, this needs to change. Um, it, it becomes something to focus on. And, and, you know, those comment trails, you can't always tell where, where the aggregate thought is going. Like what, what, like, it seems like most people think this, but maybe they don't. 
you know, actually having them vote on a real thought that can become a real metric and you can show a real timeline on that thought and its trend, um, that's that's powerful for, for a policymaker. Yeah, and another reason I think this is smart from a product standpoint one thing that I've seen uh, these a lot of third part, you know, third party, I don't know, uh, like new social networks, I guess is the better way to say it, um, struggle with is is users, just getting people to use the product. And, you know, they're, yeah. they'll kind of focus in their world that and then you get like one type of person. The cool thing about going after the military is that it is a huge, diverse cross section of the public. You, That's right. I think people have this idea, maybe from watching too much news coverage, of like what a, a military person is. But it's, it's, it's an incredibly diverse organization from race, color, creed, political stances. Yep. You know, so it, it it will bring a lot of diversity to to thought world, which is why we like Facebook and Twitter is that you can find diversity there. You're not yeah. just talking to a bunch of other libertarians about libertarian stuff. And then it becomes like this silo that kind of drives it down. So I think that, I think that's an interesting smart strategy, you know, from, from a user standpoint, I'm going to find people there that don't think like me so we can have a conversation yeah. in, a, in a healthy way. So you'd like this too. One interesting thing we're about to embark on is we're going to ask registered people in their party to go on to a private island that shows them their own party's platform mm -hmm. so they can vote on their party's platform and tell their party what they think about their party's platform. Love it. Um, uh, you know, again, I don't think most people know what either of the two major political parties or I, libertarians probably have a clearer, if you're, if you've chosen to be libertarian, you oh, probably yeah, know what you want. I mean, they, there's always, there's still people who are mad about taking the moon, the, the Mars treaty out of the 1978 platform and yeah it's just and i'm not kidding uh like, yeah the platform is a hot topic but you know I, I was a republican before that and it's like you didn't know what was in it that you know That's they right. didn't even the rnc didn't even pass one this last time they're like whatever trump wants uh so <laughs> so i think well, that's, and smart, that's just yeah. it you should know, like you should be able to go in there and have your opinion on what your own party stands for. It's your party. So if you're going to stay registered as whoever you are right now, you, I would say you better go on there and see. And that's why we're making these islands so people can go on and see in a nice, easily digestible. You don't have to go through 15 pages of party documents to figure out what it is. Um, there are going to be one thought at a time and you can look at them and go, no, that's stupid. And then you can go to the next one and go, huh, that's a pretty good idea. Well, that's yeah. especially interesting in a world of shifting um, alliance. I mean, you, you look at the blue collar, the white working class and their shift from Democrat to Republican unions and the kind of the the, the movement there. I mean, there there's a lot of uh, crossing streams now between these two parties from when, when I started 20 years ago. That's right. Um, so, and go ahead. And there's also a lot of really good, unique ideas. This is important for the military angle too, is um, you see sometimes the answers to the problems are not what you would expect. And, and the normal political world gets in their rut where they think they have to throw more money at something or have to do something. Uh, a great example. I was talking uh, just yesterday with a retired Sergeant major from the military, from the Marines. Um, he started a program. I think it's called the weekly F uh, fight. And it's using CrossFit groups to help guys deal with PTSD. Mm. They get into a, a gym, they all get to camaraderie together and they do CrossFit training and they're having great results in hel helping people get through PTSD issues. Like who would have thought of that? That's a complete. And so that's like, um, uh, we call it zero party data. It's when, when the person answers a question that wasn't asked. 
And that's that new thought button on Thought World, where you hit a new thought and it's like, you're creating something new. And I think that's where the answers come from, from people like you and me who have good ideas. And we're like, this is a great idea. Let somebody's great idea get traction and actually solve problems instead of being in those same ruts you've been in the whole time. That That's one of the most exciting parts for me. Before I ask Robert to give his final pitch, Leslie, on the on the initiative that you're working on, what has surprised you through working on this? You know, what has surprised me with working on this is um, how much fear there is around retaliation and being canceled. Mm. Uh, there is a lot of folks that are work very hard um, to um, work hard for their families, their marriages, their children, their communities, their school systems, their grandchildren, um, if they're a veteran. Uh, and they, there's a lot of people that, that don't want to speak out. Well, to give you an example, my mom's a nurse, and yeah. in her local hospital group, about once a month, a nurse gets fired for saying something in a private Facebook group of nurses because oh they want to vent and talk about it. Oh my gosh! But there's monitors in it, so now they all know. Like, just keep your mouth shut. Don't even text it yeah. to somebody. Don't vent. Right. Don't talk about this. That's exactly right, Chris. And I know that it there, there's a conversation happening in this country about this. But as we really delve in, I was very shocked that it, it was um, it's very real. And we think this is why we have to let the public know about this, because there's a lot of people that feel passionate about the way things um, they, they want to see things go. Um, and the fear around retaliation or cancellation is very real. Uh, and this provides them a safe space um, to serve them, uh, to be able to for their voice um, and that freedom of speech to be heard. Yeah, I mean that that the the you know the safe space. Oh, it, there's cancel culture isn't real. It's it's real. It does exist. I mean that's a real world. A couple of real world examples. I mean soldiers know that people get in trouble all the time for just n- not being offensive, just having thoughts. <laughs> so yeah. that's I mean Robert, what have you been surprised by through this process? How long has Thought World been around? How long have you been working on this? How, what has stood out to you where you're just like I wish everybody knew this? Yeah. So uh, this is a brand new platform. So we actually conceived of it, like I said, in the election last year, we got the initial pilot uh, open in April. Um, We've been alpha testing and we're just about to go out for beta launch right now. The thing that has been most surprising for me is that people say, now I know I'm not alone. Because before, sometimes they thought they were alone. They're like, I feel like nobody else, like this doesn't make any sense. And maybe that's because of the circles that they were in or the news they were consuming or the fact that they hadn't found people that were like them before. But when they get out there and they see, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of other people that are making sense. That has been really cool. Like to see people having that sense of, of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, it validates the fact that you are thinking normally and it's the rest of the world that's crazy and you're actually okay. And a lot of other people agree with you and, and watching that happen has been really inspirational. The other thing that's been inspirational is what I mentioned earlier, which is the aha moments when somebody finally understands why somebody else disagreed with them or why they agreed with them. At least they they get the argument now. They they may not agree and you're still going to have things you don't agree on, but it moves people much closer to the middle and much less polarized when you understand and you're willing to wrap your mind around the idea that, you know, they're not they're not an evil person. They just disagree with you. And that's okay. It's okay to have disagreements, but understanding the disagreements is super helpful. So. All right. It's the big moment, Robert. 
give us your best pitch. Give us the elevator pitch. How do people join? Why should people join? And what, what do you recommend they try first? Love it. So um, if you go to thoughtworld.com, you can just register uh, using uh, any of the, the platforms out there. Those The ones we're bashing the whole time, we can do Facebook or Google or Apple, uh, or just put in a username and password and you can register. Um, most everybody will eventually, if you're a registered voter, you're going to get invited to come to the platform to take a political survey at some point. So uh, if you want to beat that in, just come on and register. And, and I would say there's a whole world of ideas there. Uh, you can look at the top thoughts, you can pick an island that you like, and you can go and find things that are interesting for you to talk about. Um, we are just about to have all kinds of things that help you find lines of thought, you know, theories of things where you can kind of run down one pathway and see a whole bunch of thoughts that are related. Uh, the, the possibilities are endless, and it's very easy to just share your opinion and keep going. And as you do, you'll find some depth that you didn't think You'll find some new ideas. You'll find some things that make you mad, but you'll also find some things, some ways to easily say, this is the right answer. And then you can also collaborate with people. You can say to an author, hey, I think you should modify your thought like this. And you can come up with a better idea. And those, those things, you're actually going to make the world a better place, not just thought world, but the real world um, by spending some time thinking some things um, and, and, uh, and really sharing your insights on the world with the rest of the world. All right, Robert Ming, CEO of Thought World, Leslie Russell, who is the Chief Customer Officer. Thank you both for joining me. Love being here. Thanks so much for all you do. Appreciate thank you. you. Chris. Well, and thank you guys for supporting independent media that's uh, aligned with your goals. So, you know, it's it's incredibly impactful to our business and our ability to kind of keep doing the same thing. So, really appreciate your support of the program and and that should not be lost on our audience if you like this program, please go support our advertisers like Thought World. So thank you all for listening to The Chris Spangle Show. We will see you again soon. Thank you.